Welcome to Public Showering, created by me, Sophie Duncan. This is the only podcast designed specifically for pole artists, aerialists, and movers of all kinds who want to learn how to build amazing choreography, tell your stories, and be the best performer you can be. Part of my Sadasi creative coaching system, I'll help you unlock your full fierce and creative selves using professional dance, theater, choreography, and circus tools, plus a hint of real life backstage stories and some simple confidence boosting skills. So welcome back, my friends. This is a very special episode of Public Showering, where I'm interviewing some of the most beautiful humans in the pole dancing industry, judges, performers, hosts. And in this episode, I'm talking to Jacob Klasser, and this is the second part of two wonderful parts. Last time we talked about a whole bunch of stuff. So just to rejig your memory, here's a little bit of the catch up. I'm not a commercial dancer. Put me in a hip hop class and I look like a little child that's lost its mother in a Tesco superstore. It's, I'm frightened, I need to be saved. It is not a good, like swag, who is swag? We don't know her, we don't have her. You wouldn't, I don't know, go to the theater for a performance and then an actor goes out, delivers a line, walks off and comes back to, like no, it all needs to make sense together, you know? It's really fun to like to know everything you can about Paul, but I think there's something really fun about not knowing anything and just being like, eh. YOLO. <laughs> so that was what you had in episode one. So in this episode, we're gonna be getting really into the nitty gritty of judging. So here we are for part two of Public Showering with Jacob Colassa. Have you ever done anything like in a pole comp, or maybe actually even in your, your ballroom dancing career where you've actually just done the most spectacular flop on stage for whatever reason, like you literally just fell or like this didn't happen. Have you done anything that like, wow, that was a uh, tremendous effort. <laughs> well, um, are you talking about flops that were clearly flops or flops that I managed to rescue somehow? Oh, I don't, <laughs> I don't know, cause I'm, I'm no, both. Maybe both. Both. Okay. <laughs> so I think one flop was completely out of my control. So this was a pole sports competition. It wasn't the Polish one. It was a different one that I did as a qualifier to the Worlds. And the poles were just, those poles shouldn't have been used on that stage. Like the spinning pole was just not spinning. They're extremely slippery. Like the static pole wasn't stable and all of that. So not only was I like sliding oh and I didn't do all of that, the moment I got to the spinning pole, which is the second part of my routine, my hands were like they were covered with oil. Like the pole was so slippy that I couldn't perform a basic climb just straight down. It's literally as if I greased up my hands and obviously the pole wasn't spinning. So whatever trucks, tricks I was trying to do were static by the base of the, like, the pole because I couldn't climb up. So I had to just do whatever I could do because I'm like, the show must go on. I can't just walk off stage. Oh so yeah, because once you start in those competitions, that's it, done. You're not going to repeat it, you know? So, um, so that was probably the worst performing experience of my life because- That's terrifying. The <laughs> yeah, the problem, do you know what's the terrifying bit is that you know that things are go like it's 30, 40 seconds into the routine and you already know you're slidey as hell. The poles are unstable. The pole's not spinning, whatever. And you're like, I still got over three minutes of this. <laughs> I can't, I have to continue with this for another three freaking minutes. So that was, that was not enjoyable at all. Um, and 
a flop that I saved, I would say, was this was UKPPC as well. Okay. Um, I did it when when I moved to the 2015. It must have been I moved to the UK and um, I missed the. <laughs> I had this brass monkey uh, lift on the spinning pole, but again, it was it was not a good day. I was extremely slidey, all of that stuff, and I missed the pole. As like there was a whole whole ass combo from that brass monkey. I was supposed to like I was supposed I did it with this kind of chopstick variation that I was supposed okay. to catch, lift brass monkey and do some kind of shapes in the brass monkey, but instead I missed the pole, completely front flipped onto the floor and then just there wasn't even a pause. There was no hesitation. I was, I was like, as I was falling, I was like, you're going to the floor. We're doing floor work. So I landed and immediately boom, 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 boom. And everybody, this happened to me twice in a competition where I like something happened and I was forced to do floor work. And then people walked up to me and said, that floor work bit was my favorite part of the routine. I was like, that wasn't planned. That was freestyle. That was I, that was panic mode. That was somebody help me, somebody take this child off stage is what was happening at that moment. But yeah, those were the t- I, my heart was pouncing like this. And then when I saw the video, I was like, oh, it almost looks like I was meant to do that. That's yeah, it's like, it looks good. Like, I have to say, I think there's an element of most routines where you should leave room for, not room for error. I mean, you, you're missing the polls. Pretty, pretty stupid, but, so, yeah. but, but maybe not that much error. But I mean, like... I've I know that I do this anyway on stage like professionally I do this on stage um, where most of the choreography is super organized but there's usually room as a contemporary dancer like there's always room for improvisation like half the time the choreographer be like okay you've got 16 counts just kind of do whatever you want which is super annoying so I'm like were you just lazy and just couldn't be asked or <laughs> like or but I like I definitely did it in my last routine where I knew what I needed to do, but I knew there was so many things that could possibly go wrong that I was like, it's a good idea to leave a bit of room forever. But this might be slightly like an elite tip because maybe when you're a beginner, (laughs) leaving room forever might not be the best thing. I don't know. What are your thoughts? Yeah. I do, I do see your point there. Like, and you'll probably be less. Tra- Again, it depends whether this big is this a beginner at pole that is an experienced dancer. Is this a beginner yeah. in movement in general? Right. So, yeah. um, so if they're a beginner, I'd say, and they don't have some kind of dancey background, I'd probably say it's best to to stick to things that you know you can do well, so you're not worried about that. Don't put in things that you've only learned a week before um, and you've not like thoroughly practiced and probably have it choreographed the whole thing. Like, so, so you don't yeah. stress about stuff like that. But I completely get what you're talking about as well because sometimes it's not just a matter of what if this trick doesn't work out. Sometimes it's a matter of I have to exit this combo from spin pole on this exact part of the stage. <laughs> so what if I finish it just past that mark. I have at least another full spin to do. Yeah. So I'm going to allow myself that four count or that eight count before I have to move on. Cause if I miss it, I'm late, you know? Yeah. So you do need, we, we had that with Jazzy, um, in the, the team rocket routine. Cause I was up on spin pull and then she had to, I had to do like a shoulder mount dismount and she had to put her hands on my hips and kind of assist my kip out of it. Um, but it was like, I can't physically guarantee I'm going to spin the same speed every single time I get on. Um, 
we don't know. Also, when I was doing the shoulder mount dismount, I had no gauge of where she was because everything's like black oh, and lights and yeah. all of that when you're spinning around. So I was like, I'm just going to go down and I'm going to continue doing this until I feel my hands on your hips, which is why we had like an, a full eight count of just improv for both yeah. of us before we had the moment in music where we went in together because yeah. a number of things could have happened there, you know? It's true, actually. And I think to, to be able to do that, like there's... It's weird, actually, that I feel like most studios don't often do improvisation as part of, like, the class so much. Because it, it, yeah. improvisation in itself is weird. And bear in mind, my degree is literally three years of rolling around on the floor. Like, to me, improvisation, and to you, comes really easy. But there, there really, I think, should be in classes, or, like, for anyone that's listening now, like, spend some time mincing about on your own. <laughs> like, literally mincing about. <laughs> because... that That is very, very good advice. You, you, don't, you don't know when you're going to fall over it happens no. i mean i fall over on stage genuinely like when I, I worked in a water show in china and genuinely we would fall over constantly because we're in a water show so the stage is slippy always and yeah. like we had all the equipment and the right shoes but you know sometimes it just happens and there's nothing more majestic yeah. than being in a group of seven or eight dancers all doing exactly the same choreography choreography and then you just literally just go gunk <laughs> but yeah. you have to somehow stand up and be like that's fine I'm doing a solo and I'm back like yeah. you know it's a great idea to honestly like go on the pole go between the pole do something where you might do the same thing you're, you're an elite athlete and you still miss the pole it happens you know if you're, it happens to everyone it happens to everyone honestly yeah and it's, if you're um, like a beginner what do you do yeah. if you miss a pole and you've never improvised <laughs> And then it's like, uh, it's not just a matter of, uh, like, it's a very stressful moment because unless you know your routine in and out and you know exactly what lands on one part of the music, if you stumble somewhere and it throws you off and you find yourself standing there for a second or two, and then you're like, okay, what should I do? And then you f it completely skips your mind. So what should ha be happening now? Like, I can't just continue with the routine as I was because something else should be happening in this part of the yeah. music right now. So it, it's, it's good to kind of be able to have that ability to just carry on, but also why it's good to train freestyle uh, is it, it, it's because it challenges your movement patterns. So For when sure. I, if I don't, let's say if I didn't, challenge myself with freestyling you find that there's a couple you've got a, everyone's got a couple of eight counts in them uh that are just like it's muscle memory it's what your body does you can even notice this funnily enough on a night out you do not see one person busting out 150 different dance moves everybody's <laughs> got their two to three eight counts yeah like a handful of moves that they just do to every song because that's just I do the same thing. Yeah. Uh, I'm going to ask you a question actually in a second because uh, it popped into my mind now. But everybody's got like a couple of movement patterns that are comfortable for them. But then if you challenge yourself that I have to freestyle for half of this song, I have to freestyle. I'm not allowed to stop Ooh. for the full length of this song. Of course, you're going to repeat th those ones that you repeat all the time. You're going to repeat them a couple of times. Like that's fine. You're allowed. But you're going to suddenly just move your leg in a different way randomly because you're not thinking about it. And then you're like, oh, shit, that was actually good. I actually yeah. liked that, you know? <laughs> or, oh, that, that arm shape looks good on me because also not every shape is going to look the same on everybody. Like, biomechanics play a big role. True. Like, 
your flexibility, length of your arms, length of your legs, length of your torso, flexibility of your spine. Everyone's going to look good in different kinds of shapes. But sure. I, that's, that's how I choreograph my ballerina classes. I have this like badass ballerina class where we do like ballet conditioning and all of that. But the last 20 minutes is like um, sometimes a more contemporary routine, sometimes like a contemporary meets slot routine, kind of like just do it more sexy. Um, and when I'm, <laughs> when I'm choreographing for it, I'm sometimes like, if I do a Ron Dijon into fourth position one more time, I am going to quit dancing full stop. I don't know what it is with a good Ron Dijon to fourth position. Freaking it's a moment, it. It, isn't it? It's just like, it's, it's just there. It's just there. It's like, look at my leg. <laughs> look at my leg. And the, and the same upper body isolation as always. <laughs> But if I'm choreographing, I'm just gonna go for these things that feel good. So what I do is I'll set my camera up, I'll play the song a couple of times in a row, and it's just the music hits, I go, I move. And then I'm like, I like this bit, I like this bit, I like this bit. If I was choreographing this without freestyling, I would have never thought to do that. True. You know? Yeah. But also, now, before it leaves my head, so you are a professional dancer, you're a trained dancer, much like I am a trained dancer. On a scale of one to ten, how strong do you consider yourself to be on like a nightclub dance floor? <laughs> oh, it, I think it depends on a uh, what mood I'm in. Actually, there's definitely. Yeah. I, <laughs> in my mind, I'm probably about a ten, but in reality, <laughs> I do thoroughly enjoy deliberately being offbeat because I think it's very funny to just see people in clubs just being off all the time I find that very yeah. entertaining <laughs> um I guess if I'm going full slot mode um I'm probably about a five because I'm nowhere near as sexy as I think I am <laughs> like, 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 like I was fully enough me and my friend we had a day off the other day and we ended up just day drinking because what else, what else would one do on a day off? And um, we were literally having fun and I was showing her like my, my heels and a couple of like really cute um, pole outfits because she, she's an actor in the show. So she doesn't, she's also yeah. learning about the world of pole. And so we were just trying on all my outfits and just having like a girly <laughs> try everything on. And then um, a song came on because we had the, obviously everything on and I just started like sexy moving and I was living my best life. I had my heels on, I had the cutest outfit on and then I look back at the video and okay, yes, we're a little bit inebriated but I'm all, I felt like I was living everything. I felt like I was the hottest, sexiest thing, like exotic. That's what it's about though. <laughs> That's what it's about. That Like when you are out, you're out for you to have a good yes. time. That's not a stage. You ain't, you ain't got to look good at the club. You got to feel good at the club. No, exactly. Like, yeah, I'm, I'm all for the feeling of it. And, 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 I, and I will always say this. Like, I think for comps or life in general, if you appear to be selling your moment, whatever it is, people will live for it anyway. Like, there's nothing weirder yes. than someone dancing sexy, but their face says, I don't know what I'm doing and I feel weird. Yeah. <laughs> That's a very complex juxtaposition to have. <laughs> It is such a it is such a difference. I would any day choose a beginner lower intermediate routine to watch where somebody performs. You know, yes, like they're in it, it. They're in the element, and they're either you can see how much how much of a good time they're having, how much they're loving their time up there. Yes, and when it's literally, it's like 
we're here to get from beginning to end. Let's do this as fast as possible. Split leg, <laughs> this. And it, it, is a ma it does make such a difference. Imagine if you went like again to the theater and the actors just could not be fucked on a performance. <laughs> and they were just saying the lines and just looking at you like, Julia, oh, Julia, come down, I guess. I don't know. <laughs> I think it's we're for all we'll, we'll though. Well done. Yeah. <laughs> like, Whatever. I don't. I don't know. We're for all though. Um, I mean, I don't really. Just hurry up, please. <laughs> like, <we're, yeah. laughs> but going back to the the club thing, I always find that my friends, especially uh, who don't do pole, if I'm going out with them, they're like, "Oh, he's going to be amazing because he's a professional dancer." And it's like, "Honey, ballroom and contemporary." No, I, I'm, do, I'm not doing like high jive kicks in the middle of the dance floor. I am not doing a contemporary piece about alcohol abuse. Like, no, we're not doing that here. Can you imagine? I have to, I have to head bop and two step with the rest of you bitches. I don't know. <laughs> I'm all about this. Like, really, I, I have, I have no time. But one of two things, and maybe you get this, like exactly that, like. I'll be, especially at something that isn't a club, like it'll be like a family event or some other thing. And they'll be like, wow, so if she's the professional dancer, she'll, she'll get up and dance. And I'm like, no, I fucking won't. Who's paying me? No, I'm here to drink. Leave me alone. I'm not doing anything. <laughs> like, I hate that. I hate as a person just being asked to do something when you just want to sit down. <laughs> or maybe it's that pressure. Obviously there's poles in lots of clubs. And the, I yeah. think there's nothing more terrifying than being like, oh, ah, Susan does pole dance, she'll get up and have a dance. I'm like, um, I don't think Susan wants to, to be honest. Um, this is a horrible <laughs> club. <laughs> like, But it's somehow a pressure. That pole is sweaty. <laughs> that pole has slime on it from <laughs> Gareth who hasn't washed in three days. Like, I don't have my grip on me. I don't have, you don't have your dry hands you don't have your sticky monkey hands i am not touching that shit also i have had four long island iced teas i think me getting up there is a very bad idea right now and yet very 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 with bad all this idea. advice most of us do it anyway <laughs> oh i mean i i set a boundary that i don't touch a pole if i'm intoxicated and i'm out because in this one club I feel like we've really gotten off the topic, but let's just finish the thought. <laughs> one this is what we want to hear. Horrible, one horrible, horrible club. It was Mankey. And uh, they had this one pole that must have been like, I don't even know if it was just a 50. It must have been like a 55 or something. It was very oh, thick. Wow. And I, <laughs> okay. I don't know how they even let me in that club. Like, I was toasted. And what did I do? <laughs> I did a backflip. <laughs> Can you the do first one? I mean, not without the pole, but on the oh, pole. Right. Yeah. I was like, wait, hold on. I'm sorry, Jacob. Did you also have like a gymnastics no. background? <laughs> I was like, no, no, I, I cannot backflip without the pole. No, 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 I'm not at all. But I did. And the first one landed. And then um, oh, I did a second one. This is going <laughs> to this is going to have a funny moment. I did a second one landed straight on my mouth. <gasps> blood pouring out everywhere and then my friend uh lindsay who's also a pole dancer uh she she was um two uh, more than one time definitely two or three times uh disabled pole champion um she because she's um visually impaired i think she can only see six percent out of her left eye and not at all out of her right eye and when i landed on my mouth like that she laughed and yelled from across the club even i saw that <laughs> That is 
the greatest reaction I've ever heard. That was spectacular. Yeah. Yes, get she, it. She's a sweetheart. She, she has her own pole studio too. <laughs> uh, wow. I, anyway, right. Let's come back to uh, yeah. not being drunk. So, more of the yes. story, guys. Don't do pole comps with any kind of uh, alcohol in you. That's a safety first. Don't safety do pole under all. any influence. Don't do anything. Just yes, don't. Just please. don't. Just don't. Just don't. Final thoughts, anyway, then. So, we didn't actually talk about judging so much. Oh, yeah. uh, which, of course, is sadly the, the, essentially the biggest part of, of the comp. Like, so you've. St- Wait, forgive me if I'm wrong. You are in the midst of your actual expo training. To not export training. What am I talking about? You're training to actually learn all the judging criteria of um, pole theatre and all this stuff, right? Am I saying this completely wrong? Uh, so, so, so you have to. Well, in terms of pole theatre, you have to do the training before you judge on the day. So, I, I was um, on the last one. I was judging on the Sunday, so I had to do the training beforehand, and you have to like judge these videos and answer these questions. So you're, you're assessed before you're allowed to judge, if that makes sense. So I've already yeah. done that. Yeah. Ah, okay, so you're, you're past that, okay then. Like, how yeah. is it, firstly at least, how is it from getting off the stage to now being that person? Because I've, like, you've judged me a couple of times. And it's funny because, like, I um, I usually pick out one judge somehow. Like, I don't know how, but I usually find somebody to really have like an eye contact moment with. And it's usually that, that judge normally like either ends up being one of my friends at some point or so, somehow they added, there's like a connection that happens on stage. And yeah. I always remembered you when I did my pole art routine. I remember like literally just like staring at you like directly and I couldn't see anyone else apart from your like slight, like your white face, just like that's it. And I didn't see your eyes or anything else. Just that I know, I know that that's Jacob and that's, that's all you need to know. It's and I just, just slender man, no face, just a white <laughs> I was actually having an absolute like meltdown. I was thinking, what is that? No, no, no. But I just, I I really don't get intimidated by judges. And I must be one of the only people that do comps that don't. Because I don't, I personally just don't think they're any more than the audience. To me, the audience are super important to me because I really get a kick out of it. And I love playing to the judges. Like, I really like it. Mm. Is it super weird now you being the judge? Like, I can't actually imagine someone doing to me, what I just described, if someone stared at me in the face, I'd suddenly be like, oh my God, they're looking at me. Oh my God. <laughs> but I do it no, anyway. You, I don't know why. No, I, I think you'd love it. I think if somebody did that to you, you would love it. Because it's basically, it's like you have front row seats to True. a performance. It's just like if, if an actor gave you um, some attention and all that, you, you'd love it, right? Sure. So um, it, it is, it's very... I, I feel like until someone has judged something once, you can't really get the full concept of how freaking hard it is really? and how much responsibility it is. Because um, like whenever, I've always said that I find it to be a hard job, um, but that's, if somebody says they find judging hard, that's a good thing because that means they take it seriously. Mm-hmm. Um, so... <laughs> You're obviously, it's a long day. Like you're going through the same process over and over and over. And you can't just watch a performance like from an audience perspective and just enjoy it because you have scores to give in specific 
categories or subcategories. Yeah. Um, you have, you know, you need to evaluate the whole thing, but also um, you have space for feedback. And I hate giving sparse, short, non-informative <laughs> feedback because at the end of the day, you're watching people who have been preparing for months yeah. to create this. It's like, and you're not just going to sit there and say better feet or whatever. Like <laughs> you should be more constructive. You should give some pointers as to like, oh, this could have been improved. Give some advice on how you can improve it. Right. Yeah. Um, or let's say if you got feedback along the lines of um, fl interrupted flow, like flow could have been better. Where, when was yeah. it throughout the whole routine? Like you need to, but, but then that's also very hard because you've only got usually the compares on stage only for as long as it takes for the polls to be cleaned and for them to read out the bio of the next person. So that's not that long at all, unless no. somebody made a mess on stage with props and confetti and all of that, you <laughs> don't have that much time. And in that time, you need to do all of that. So you have to learn to literally write as you're watching. Um, you know, I've learned to just write as I'm looking at the stage. And then I kind of just immediately, I start like giving scores the moment they finish and I'm like, okay, 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 okay. Yeah. And then, it's not just that. You also have to remember how you scored the other people because if it's not a structured competition like, let's say, a pole sports one where, oh, if you do this move, you get these many points or that it's not like that. It's you have you can have a category where, let's say, you have 10 people in it. Right. Yeah. And they're in no particular order. You have no idea what they're going to bring to stage. If the first person walks out and they are mind blowingly good everything's perfect you can't score them max points because what if the next person's even better you don't know that until everybody performs you don't know that so the way it usually works is at a comp like that you will set a baseline of points based on the first person you see right wow. so if that person walks out i'm like okay great flexibility, great strength. There's there was room for the flexibility to be even more, you know, um, and, and even like showcase more strength. The artistry was good. Um, and then, you, I don't know, you give that a baseline of however good that is. Because if you have like a Russian gymnast come out, obviously you're not going to give them seven in flexibility because it's like, <laughs> well, I'll just give somebody else also nine and a half or 10 if they reach the same level of flexibility. But yeah. Um, <laughs> If it's, if it's nothing like that extreme, you're going to end up giving sevens or eights or something like that if they're the first person because you need that room yeah. um, later on. Uh, and I'm going to say like in a second why it's important to leave yourself a few points till the end. So then everybody else that comes out, you compare to the people who were before them. So their yeah. score and flexibility is now not just what I judge out of 10. It's going to be based on how I judged everybody else out of 10. Right. Yeah. So, so if you, if you're very flexible, but the same level of flexibility as was showcased by the first person and she got an eight, you're getting an eight, you know, Which is nice, that's though. what's it's, fair. It's nice though. Yeah. That's what's fair. But if I, let's say gave people at the beginning, immediately like full nines and tens, you live, you suddenly get yourself into yeah. this little trap of having to give half points and you don't have enough wiggle room here or there. And sometimes because if people do it like that and they don't plan this out, like strategically, this happens a lot. If somebody's never judged before, like if they're just starting or whatever, um, you can have a performance that was in your opinion, actually, according to the scoring sheet in your mind, the best mm. not win because you added some, like you gave somebody two yeah. points more here, two points more here, then deducted one here. And 
when, when there's so many sections, once you add that all together, it turns out that they ended up having a point more than the person who you thought should have had for a place. Aye. So it's, it's very hard because to keep that level of focus on throughout an entire day is oh, very, very difficult. And write that feedback and score. And by the time you finish one sheet, somebody's taking a sheet away from you, that next person's already on stage. Yeah. And this is nonstop for hours. So it's a very, very hard job. Um, and it needs to be taken seriously because obviously the competition day, it's not about you. If you're the judge, the, today's not about you. It's all about everybody who's on that stage. So I think a lot of people look at a judging role as something that's quite prestigious and glamorous and all of that. And of course, it's a huge honor to be asked. It's an enormous honor, um, but first and foremost, it is a job. And you are there yes. to fairly score people based on what the competition sets out. And this is another thing that's very important for judging. I have a, this light on. I was like, why do I look blue? Um, <laughs> <laughs> because... Because every competition will have its own rules, you can create your, there's no guidelines, you can create your own competition and say, I don't know, there's 50 points for knee extensions, like whatever you want, right? It's up to you as the organizer what's, yeah. what's important. So um, not only is it important for the competitors to know 100% of the scoring sheet and have that available to them before they start preparing, it's important for the judges to know and be checked whether they know. So there should be a briefing. It's always useful for there to be a briefing, especially if you're judging international competitions and the scoring sh uh, sheet was written by somebody who doesn't speak English as their first language. Right. Sometimes you'll just have a word there and you're like, I'm not sure what you meant by that. Um, so it's important that everybody, the, the judging panel and the organizers gather and it's like, let's get all on one page and be 100% certain that we, we think the same of each definition of every um, column, every category that we have to judge here. Because yeah. let's say if I was, uh, I've judged a few competitions abroad and for one of them, like one of the criteria, it said uh, climbs. I'm like, oh, so you want me to judge, I don't know, the difficulty or creativity of their climbs. And they were like, oh no, we meant like there's, uh, cause there was like a spinning pole section, which was in terms of uh, the difficulty of the things that they did on spinning pole and all of that. There was nothing about static pole. And I was like, did you mean static tricks? Like the combos yeah. on, on the static pole there? Yeah, that's what we meant. Not climbs, but static pole. I'm like, okay, so now specify. Static pole as in flow on static pole? Difficulty on static pole? Yeah. Like, Am, am I am I judging the creativity of what they've done on static pole? Because I also have a separate flexibility and strength like category. So, um, am I judging strength and flexibility twice in this case? Like, what are we doing here? So, there's so <laughs> much to dissect, and you really need to like look into these things to know that everybody understands the scoring sheet the same way. Yeah. Because um, it needs to be fair at the end of the day. Um, so, um, the reason this is so important is because. If anybody's ever done a couple of competitions, there's a chance that maybe they were looking back at their feedback that they received, af uh, they received after the comp and they were like, I'm not quite sure why this comment is here. It just doesn't make sense in terms of maybe um, the criteria that were set out by the organizer. Um, like I once had a comment I think about, it was in the section about musicality, but it had nothing to do with musicality. It was like, I wish I saw more, I don't remember it off the top of my head, let's say, I wish you implemented more strength tricks or more flexibility tricks or whatever. I'm like, okay, but that, that, has, nothing to, that has nothing to do with musicality. So 
I got two points knocked off on musicality for something that has nothing to do with it. Yeah. And also nowhere in like the competition guidelines or the scoring sheet did it say that I need to have an equal balance of strength and flexibility tricks. It said that yeah. you're you can have whatever you want. So that's a situation where that person was clearly not briefed mm. or didn't like read the things through thoroughly and put their own bias on what they think should have been done above yeah. the competition rules. It's like, I personally would have loved to see you do more more flexibility or more strength or whatever, or more flow. Yeah. So I'm gonna knock these points down even though there's no rule in the like terms and conditions of the competition that would say that that's gonna happen. But I'm overruling the rules with my own personal opinion. And that can't <laughs> happen. Because yeah. judging has to be as objective as physically possible, which is why everybody needs to do their homework in terms of what's being judged on the day. And um, another thing as well, like not everything's going to be your cup of tea, right? Like <laughs> yeah, no. everybody has their own preferences. Um, and just because I specialize mainly in heels and I mainly do heels, that doesn't mean that just because someone's putting on heels at a competition that I'm judging, I'm going to suddenly judge them higher because they're doing something that I, I love and I do every day, you know? So... Yep. So, and it's especially with um, competitions where the performance factor is so important, sometimes you can have a theme that's maybe not your cup of tea. Yeah, okay? of course. Like maybe you're like, oh, okay, I don't know much about that. Or, you know, at the end of the day, you have to be able to sit down as an like, unbiased judge and just say, okay, maybe I don't understand much about the, this particular performance, but let's look at the judging sheet. Did they tick the boxes yeah, they were supposed sure. to tick? Did did the costume match? Did the theme match? Did the music match? Like, was it performed in a way that I got the message? And if so, you then don't you you don't knock off points because it wasn't your personal taste. Yeah, because you, you're, <laughs> ne mean. you're never going to be able to. Yeah, you you, <laughs> you can never like satisfy everyone. Like, come on. So yeah, for sure. The, yeah, like we I think we should we could talk about this all day, but I do think a lot of people look at judging as just like a glamorous kind of job, and oh, you know, it's so great, but but it's it's a job at the end of the day, and it's a very difficult one, and it needs to be treated seriously so that we do have. You know, so that people who have prepared for months mm. get treated and judged fairly and get the feedback they need to maybe, you know, get even better yeah. in the future. And I think for sure as well, like from a, from experience and also just like hearing people, I feel like every pole dancer, at least it's happened to them or they at least know somebody where they feel like they were judged unfairly. And it's such a shame because mm. like I feel... <laughs> We're all sort of quite, we're all shady people, we are, but like, we're also quite nice people. And like, you know, I, I think a lot of people don't really want to say like, hey, like I don't, I don't think that was like, I think that was right. So you, I think for the most part that everyone has their rant for a minute, but then at some point you have to go, it is what it is and I just have to move away. But I think it's, it's yeah. a shame though, because it's, there's nothing worse than anyway, you, you're hearing somebody explain a situation that you have no context about. Cause then I would like to yeah. think that this person is just being very truthful. If someone's saying it's not fair, like I should have won this and you're probably gonna be like, yeah, well, you, <laughs> okay. But, but there's definitely lots of times where I've seen people winning competitions when in that moment, I was just like, I'm not really sure about that, but nah, whatever. It wasn't my comp. I wasn't in it. So mm. I guess the judges chose whoever was the right person. But then like later down the line, yeah. sometimes you hear of people like, no, actually, it's because this person is this person's friend and this might have happened. And you're like, oh, but that's sad, though. Like, I, 
I don't want to hear that. That shouldn't be done. Yeah, it's um, also, it's just, I don't, I would like to think it doesn't happen. And I, I go into comps with the assumption that everyone is going to be very professional and yeah. um, and I'm not expecting friends. Like, I think a lot of us have had our coaches or instructors be judges as well. And I think that's a really mm-hmm. difficult thing. I, I, I know that even as unbiased as I possibly could be, it would be difficult for me to be like, okay, like if I was judging you, like, okay, this is my friend Jacob. We're just looking at the, the dude that's on stage and just try and remove anything. Yeah. And I think that's super challenging, but there's nothing... It can be even more challenging from the other point as well. Because, like, let's say I have never seen you in my life. I've never seen you perform. I've never seen you dance. Mm. It's your first time showing anything in front of me when you're on that stage. But if I know you and I have seen you multiple times and I know what you're capable of on your best day, (laughs) then when I see something that's not on par with that, that's another thing that you have to learn to distance yourself from. It's like, I need to fairly judge what I see on stage. Like if you do a Russian split and it's perfectly flat, but I've seen you a couple of weeks ago do it in an over split, I can't knock points off of you for that (laughs) because, you know, but, but, you know, sometimes when you do know somebody's potential, then you have to kind of literally physically take that out of your head and it's like, no, we're not thinking of that. But yeah. I, I've personally never, at least on any of the panels I've been on, I've not seen any like favoritism in terms of like people mm. pushing their friends forward or anything like that. Yeah. Like I've certainly never had a problem with just fairly judging people I know. Like at the end of the day, I'd never, th- sometimes maybe people think like, oh, and then they're going to get my feedback and they're going to see that I scored them. I was, I was there to do a job, had to score you the same way I had to score yeah. everybody else. And that's it. I'm, I'm sorry. If you, if you had very tough competition, it's going to be reflected and you're not going to have all tens yeah, because you know, everybody in your category is like on a similar level. So everybody did a tremendous job. It's not always going to be your day, you know? No, which is, which is, I guess the fun of it, but I, for the most part, anyone that I know that has been a judge as well and the, but then, and then they go to their students and they talk with the students about what was right and what was wrong and stuff like this like it's usually seems to be quite a humble experience when I've watched like I don't teach uh, regular classes I only ever randomly teach privates and stuff so it's like it's nice to see a student from a school go and then someone was judging it and then that teacher comes back and says this is why I had to do this for you like and I think that's yeah. very nice I just it's it's that's a very well-rounded very organized thing and I, and I like that because also it, it's very tacky somehow to be like that's my student it sounds a bit dance moms like we, go, we yeah. suddenly go to this thing like that's my student like it's I don't know and luckily I don't know if you probably had this in ballroom, but definitely in the dance world, like, you know, like schools, there are monsters, like big dance schools are terrifying. And I never, ever wanted to be part of that when I was younger. Um, And I really hope that that doesn't happen in Tepal. I don't feel like it does. Yet. No, I I think we're, (laughs) I think the pole world is very good. Like what I'm trying to say is I agree with, that there can things can get a little bit mean girls in the (laughs) dance world and the different like one thing that I love about pole so much that I really lacked 
in my other styles. Ballroom was, was fairly nice. Still can get a little bit competitive, but it was nice. It was contemporary and other styles like new style, hip hop, all of that, yeah. that I did not like the vibe of. And that's just because, yeah. not, not because of the vibe of the class, but because you would have the dancers who have managed to make a name for themselves, mm. right? So people you would have followed, well, back then, probably still on Facebook or whatever, and uh, then later Instagram. But they were very much like, you can't sit with us until you reach our level. You can't sit with us. You are not one of us. We are in the front. You go to the back where you belong. And it's like, it was just so unkind and unfriendly because I joined a contemporary dance company for a couple of, a very well-known one, I'll say that as well, uh, for a couple of months. I even did a competition with them, a couple of categories in that competition. Um, mentally, one of the worst experiences of my life. Wow. Just being around, because they had all known each other from a very young age. Um, uh, okay. And then I joined, obviously, as an adult. But there were some people who were extremely welcoming and nice and kind, because why would you be any other way to somebody you've never met? <laughs> and then there were just some people who just looked down at you, and they're like, we know we're the stars, and you're not. And oh, that's, that's it. so grim. It's just, oh, blah, blah. it's just, yeah. fortunately, I've really not had that kind of experience. Like, and I feel like it's, Paul to me is still one of the most amusing and silly, but also strongest communities I've ever that's been a part of. That's the thing of. with Paul. And it's just exactly. lovely. Because I think anyway, because yes. you, you, you are doing, whether you're going to go and tell a story or you're just going to go and do, you, you doing it to tell a hobby tell a hobby what to go and have a hobby like <laughs> tell, tell me your hobby um you're still going into a space you're still dancing most of us are like semi-naked or whatever and you have to trust the people around you so somehow that like level yeah. of judgment i feel like is a lot less and i really hope that anyone that's listening to this is actually in a place which is magical if you're not let us know and see if we can help you because there are very nice yeah. pole studios, especially in the UK. And I've I've not been to one yet that I haven't felt very welcome. Even if no one knows me, I just arrive and just say, hey, can I free train? If someone doesn't know me there, I, within the next five minutes, have probably made friends. Like, you yeah. know, and... It's I, extremely supportive, extremely welcoming. Uh, it's... It's what it's one of the things that made me fall in love with it. That it, it it's just completely different. It doesn't matter if you are a world champion mm. or if you just train at beginner or intermediate level. If we're at the same party, we're all friends. There's yeah. no. Um, it's just not that level of elitist as it is in some other disciplines. And that is something yeah. that I hope survives forever because obviously in every in every aspect of life, you're gonna get a diva. Every, wherever you go, wherever okay. you, you can think of academia, there's going to be some diva lecturer that thinks she's better than everybody yeah, right. else. You know, <laughs> anything you think of, there will be somebody who, who puts themselves on a bit of a pedestal, uh, yeah, yeah. but that can't be helped. But we are very lucky to be in a community that's now actually really big yeah. and just still have that kindness and that support and that openness. So, um, yeah. Let's never let that die. That's no. the message I'm going to say here. Yay. And on that magical message, I think we come to an end of this. But yeah, thank you so much. It was so lovely trying to you. So many things, so many useful things. I hope that anyone that's been listening is just, yeah, just take it, rewind it back, keep listening again, because there's 
So much good stuff. And otherwise, for anyone who has never heard of Jacob, Jacob, where can they find you? What's your Instagram? Where are you? Tell them all the things so I can safely uh, self-promote you all the time. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, So you'll find me on Instagram and TikTok and YouTube as the pole wizard with underscores between the words. And if you wish to see me to hang out in person, I live in Leeds in the north of England. In That's the, it. In the north. In the and, north. And there's also and there's also I have an online platform, thepolewizard.com. If you want to train with me but can't make a live workshop or maybe come over here, I can teach you through a screen as well. And we can become <laughs> friends through a screen. So, yeah. <laughs> Amazing. Well, thank you very much, my darling, and I will see you very, very soon. Thank you. Bye. Bye. Oh my I think my nipple's showing. It's off camera, though. (laughs) (laughs) Definitely going to keep that last comment in. (laughs) If you're loving what you've been hearing in the Public Showering Podcast, you have to experience Sadasi. www.sodunkin.com slash Sadasi. It's the online community that is everything you've been hearing in Public Showering, plus so much more. It's where you can get one-to-one help bringing all these ideas to your own work, It's where you can learn new creative coaching tools not shared on the podcast that will blow your mind even more. And it's where you can hang out and chat with other Sadasi members just like you and help each other unlock your creative potential. It's fun, it's chill, and I'm there for you when you need that little bit of extra support. So come join us at www.soduncan.com slash Sadasi. It's been a pleasure to have you with me today. I'll see you there. Love you, bye-bye.